we believe life is precious. This is it. We've got one shot at this. It's on us to live life to the fullest, to maximize what we've been given and play the game of life at our full potential. Are you living up to your potential? Are you frustrated that despite your best intentions, you just can't seem to make the changes needed to take things to the next level so you can impact your career, relationships, and health? If this is hitting home, you're in the right place. Our mission is to open the door to the exceptional life by showing you how to play the game of life at a higher level. So you're playing at your full potential rather than at a fraction as most people do. We'll share the one thing that once we learned it, our lives were transformed. And once you learn it, watch what happens. So welcome. We are thrilled that you're joining John and I today. Uh, John? Hey, I am thrilled as well. This is going to be really fun. <laughs> Absolutely. And what we thought we'd do today is share John's story. So kind of the, the origin story of where Think It Be It and this methodology and how it came to be. And so um, let's start at the beginning, John, and not the beginning, beginning, like <laughs> there's, there's no sense about telling when I was a baby, there's, you know, there's no value there. <laughs> exactly. Let's start where it makes sense to start. So okay. I'll, I'll okay. throw that off to you. So how did this, you know, uh, where did, let's start with your entrepreneurial journey and kind of like where, you know, where you started as an entrepreneur okay. and, and what led you to. Uh, kind of where we are today and think it'd be it. So I started out as a CPA and uh, uh, by the time I got to be uh, probably 28, I'm like, boy, I do not want to be an accountant all my life. Uh, you know, I, it was probably a good place to start. Like my dad had told me, he says, you know, accounting is the language of business. And, and, you know, what do you know when you're 20 years old? So I start off as a CPA. But well, no, no offense to any CPAs out listening. Right, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. We don't want to offend you CPAs, but, but I didn't want to be one. And so um, I launched into being an entrepreneur when I was 30. And uh, throughout my 30s and 40s, I was in like, uh, seven different businesses, and and I was in <clears throat> started out in in real estate development around a tax idea uh, that launched me as an entrepreneur. I uh, owned a bank. Uh, there were twenty of us that owned the bank, but two of us were the main guys. That was interesting. Um, got into, uh, I owned a, a restaurant, uh, which was voted most romantic restaurant in, in Dallas, which was uh, pretty cool, uh, you know, especially uh, being single, that certainly helped uh, in the begging process. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and then I got into like, um, even children's books, I was in the automotive industry, but, but all told, I think I was in seven businesses by the time I reached uh, 50. And I just wasn't as successful as I thought I should be. And, and as I look back on, you know, that my 30s and 40s, I, I just saw this, this disconnect uh, between my efforts and my, my results. And, you know, I worked harder than all my friends. And, and that made me sort of feel like I 
deserved more success than I was getting. And all I had was the average life. And, and, and I got to say, I hated the average life because I just knew I was, I, I had so much more and I could achieve so much more, but why couldn't I get that, that traction? And, uh, you know, why wouldn't I further along? And, and, you know, I was, I was, um, single. I'd never been married at 50 and, you know, candidly, I was, I was lonely. Not that I, I had a shortage of, of dates, but, but I just felt lonely. And, uh, and, and again, why was my life further along? And, and, you know, I, I look, would look back on, on, being an entrepreneur and oftentimes I was really frustrated with employees because they didn't care about it as much as I did. Of course they didn't. I didn't know how to overcome that sort of uh, conceptual issue. Um, I wasn't as disciplined as I wanted to be. And so bottom line, I felt this disconnect between my efforts and my results. And when I turned 50, I'm like, I got to fix this. You know, the, the scarcity of time was coming in on me and I just knew I had to fix it. And, and, you know, my, I had two goals in my life. One was to make enough money so I didn't have to work. And the other was to find the woman, my dreams. And, and so I'm falling short on both of them. And so, you know, on the money, I always did. Okay. I was always making net 200, $300,000 a year, but, you know, Kelly, when I turned 50, I just did the math and I saw I had to start netting over a million dollars a year. And I know that sounds materialistic, but I saw that that's what it took really to create freedom, you know, real freedom. Now, I didn't need the second home in Aspen. I didn't need the jet, any of that stuff. I, I, but I needed freedom. And yes, I wanted a really nice house, but you know, all I really wanted was freedom to do what I wanted to do each day. And, uh, and I wanted uh, a nice lifestyle, uh, a really nice home. So that's, that's sort of where I, where I was. And, but I'm like, well, how do I change this 20 year history of low six figures a year? And so one night, and this is probably three months after I turned 50, a pearl of wisdom comes to me. And it's, you know, find the top book in the world on success and apply that book literally word for word to my life. <clears throat> and so I'm thinking, you know, pretty good idea, right? <laughs> and, and so I uh, immediately get up. I remember, you know, laying in bed and coming up with that idea. And immediately I go to my computer and I start doing the research and I discover something that totally surprised me, that there's one book on success that has been read by a hundred million people. And the next best selling book on success has been read by less than 10 million people. And that book is Think and Grow Rich. And so I'm like, well, here we go. This is exactly what I need. This is what I'm, I've been looking for. I can't believe there's one book that's, you know, above all the rest like this. This is perfect. And so 
the next day I'm like a heat seeking missile to the bookstore and I get the book and I read the book. And then Kelly, I discover the problem. The book says there's a secret for success, but the author only gives you half of the secret. It's on the reader to figure out the other half. Well, I'm bummed out. I mope around for probably two or three weeks. And uh, then one day, I just wake up and I go, John, just man up and figure out the full secret. Just, you know, man up and do that. And, and so over the next two months, I immerse myself in the book. And, and, and over that two months, I come up with what the full secret was and a 12 minute a day technique to apply it. And so I start applying it to a new business. I started in the reverse mortgage business and quickly my income starts doubling and doubling to where four years later, I was netting $5 million a year, which was 25 times what I'd ever made uh, uh, in the prior 20 years. And of course I felt so blessed and and Kelly, I could, well, I could, this is what was really cool. I could see why it was happening. I had rewired my autopilot. And the effect of that was I was focused only on what moves the needle. I had tripled my discipline and I had new ideas coming in my head consistently every week that just weren't coming in before. And the cool thing was this was all happening automatically. And it was also cool that I was controlling my health and ultimately impacting my marriage at the very same time that I was impacting my income. It was sort of the trifecta of, of your life, your, your income, health, and marriage all being affected at the same time and all of the right actions happening automatically. And it, it truly felt like a superpower. I, I mean, I was I could tell I was playing the game of life at, at a much higher level. And, and maybe the coolest thing of all was I had just this immense control over my life. As, as, as we teach more of our methodology, you'll understand why that is. But the essence of it is uh, uh, you're feeding immense clarity about your life to yourself, and it gives you this immense sense of control to a level I'd never experienced before. So sort of wrap this up, you know, I just became fascinated by the fact that you could take two key scientific principles and apply them to your life and so materially impact your success and achievement in life. And so, you know, as, as I got enough money so I didn't have to work, I wanted to share this with the world. And so I sold my company and probably a couple of months after I sold the company, I uh, meet the former chancellor and president at the University of Texas. And I tell him my story and he says, hey, you got to teach this at the University of Texas and why don't we teach it together? And so, and this is like, I guess, nine years ago now. And so that started, um, think it be it, the company uh, around this, this idea. And then uh, something life altering happened uh, about four years ago. I met you, Aww. and so <laughs> you know that that uh, that truly was life altering. And so that is my story. 
Oh, I, um, you know, I love, you know, how much I, you know, adore you. I love your story. There's a couple of things that I want to point out and just dig a little bit deeper on, um, yeah. which is, you know, when you're talking about um, discipline, for example, tripling your discipline, you know, one of the things that I think is, is uh, what do you mean by that? When you say discipline, you know, what is discipline? You know, and and how does this, you know, um, impact that, you know, because I know for me, you know, one of the issues is as uh, with anything in life, not just being an entrepreneur, but is doing things consistently, you know, to begin the right things consistently to be get to begin to get the outcome that you're looking for. So what is discipline in the first place? Well, let me let me back up just a little bit. You know, the thing I realized was that. Uh, uh, at the end of the day, your success comes down to the cumulative effect of your daily actions, right? Yep. I mean, er I think everybody grasped that. And, and what was so powerful was that uh, I learned uh, basically from reading Thinking Grow Rich that 95% of your daily actions are unconscious. And so that's why those those daily actions, having the discipline to do the right things uh, on a consistent basis, th that escaped me because, again, 95% of your daily actions are unconscious. Therefore, I didn't consciously have control of doing the key things that would um, move my success up in my my career. And, and you know, uh, uh, I saw that, that, and I, I guess I learned this once I started netting seven figures a year, I discovered there were seven key habits that had to happen consistently to, uh, earn that type of money. And, uh, through this methodology, I can make those, uh, habits happen automatically without thinking. And that's why it truly felt like a superpower. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the discipline, what I find fascinating about this too, is really all that is, is just remembering what's important and, and why, you know, and that's exactly what this methodology that 12 minutes, you know, a day does. And so that's, um, I, I love that uh, aspect of it. And one other thing I wanted to point out, and I know we've talked about this offline, what's fascinating about the book, Think and Grow Rich you know, and that it's the, the, you know, highest selling book on success um, by a factor of 10, you know, you'd think that there would be more, um, well, I've read it a few times, you know what I mean? Prior to, to connecting right. with you and learning this methodology, I was missing some pieces. I know many of uh, my colleagues, you know, had read it multiple times. So what I love about this and your story is you're like, I'm going to get to the essence of this and understand what this full, you know, secret is and then develop this application for it. And that's the difference maker. I always thought, well, why aren't there more millionaires if so many people right. read this book? Well, it was the disconnect, I think. And you, you, you figured out the solution. Well, and, you know, a couple of things on that. First of all, the problem is that um, the... Uh, author only gives you half of the secret. And, and yes, 100 million people have read it, but 100 million people only know half of the secret. And, yeah. and here's the other thing that's interesting. This is a little, little backstory of 
of when I turned 50 and, and, and let me be vulnerable for a moment. So when I was turning 50, in addition to feeling, you know, that, that scarcity of time from that decade birthday, my mom was uh, dying from pancreatic cancer. And um, I remember going to the hospital every day. She, she was in the hospital probably eight weeks. And so every day after work, I'd go and I'd see her and I'd spend a couple of hours with her. And, and uh, then I'd, I'd leave and I'd walk out of the hospital and I would go out into that cold, dark parking lot and I would get in, get in my car and just cry my eyes out. I mean, every night, you know, this is going on for like I, I said, probably eight weeks, every night crying my eyes out. And, and what was going on was a couple of things. First of all, I was feeling, uh, you know, the loss of my mom that was clearly coming. And, uh, and you know, it was particularly painful because my mom, and dad gave me everything they possibly could. They sent me to Jesuit high school in Dallas when they really couldn't afford it. And, uh, you know, it just made me realize that I wasn't making the most of my, my life. I had had all the advantages, uh, but all I had was an average life. And I hated the average life because I just knew I was capable of so much more, but I just couldn't get that, that traction. And, and I just felt like I was letting her down. Uh, I wasn't doing anything to make the world a better place. Uh, again, just an average life. And so now I look back on it and I realize that that pain that I felt from losing my mom coupled with letting her down was the fuel that caused me to go deeper into thinking grow rich than any other person on the planet. And, uh, you know, I, now I see that and appreciate it because, you know, I read the book when I was 41, but it didn't change my life, but that's because I didn't have the rocket fuel to go deep enough to figure out the full secret. And, and one of the things that makes me proud today is that, now you and I teach this at my mom's alma mater. So, oh, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. It's the pretty best. Cool. I love that. You know, John, as we wrap up, share, like, what are your top kind of takeaways where you feel like, you know, anybody listening, you know, if you're to take away anything right. from, from your story, I'd love for you to walk away with these ideas. Well, you know, I think there's really three takeaways. See, the first one, and this is the most significant thing I ever learned, is that 95% of your daily actions are unconscious. Um, and, you know, I see in, in teaching this that people will get that intellectually. It, it, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not hard for me, people to get that. And, and, you know, we live in this world where, you know, you don't know what is a true fact or not. And so, as, as you know, when we work with people, we make them literally Google it and it, it'll say right there in, in big dark letters, 95% of your daily actions are unconscious. But it's one thing to get it intellectually and it's another to really understand the implication to your life. And, and that's what sort of is the first 
takeaway is that when you see that your success in life is the cumulative effect of your daily actions and that 95% of them are unconscious, then it's easy to see that the only way you can have a higher level of success is to influence those unconscious daily actions. I mean, it's pure math. Yep. And, and that requires rewiring the autopilot. And that's what our this methodology is about. So that probably is the first lesson. And maybe the second one is that, you know, this is all about playing at your full potential. And, and I know when I was in my 30s and 40s, I just intuitively felt like I was playing at about 20% of my potential. You know, I just felt that. And, and so many of our clients have expressed that too. And I can so relate to it. And, and you know, I think one of the things I found was interesting is, is of course, it, at first, it was pretty much all about the money. You know, I wanted to get that money so I could have freedom. But as I, as money became less of an issue, what I saw was uh, the most cool thing about all this is playing the game of life at my full potential. And, and I saw that I really had an identity shift where, you know, I'm, I'm playing the game of life feeling this disconnect in my 30s and 40s with between my efforts, my results, and then shifting to this new way of doing life where I'm playing at my full potential and where you can literally feel that difference of playing at 100% versus 20%. And, and the identity shift was that, hey, I control my autopilot rather than my autopilot controlling me. Does that, does that make sense? Oh, 100% resonates. Yep. Right, right. And, and maybe the, the last uh, uh, takeaway is that, uh, boy, life is precious. It is so precious. And, and I'll tell you a, a quick story. I, um, I just became a grandfather not too long ago. And I'm over at, with Ginger over at uh, Hannah's house the day after this baby boy was was born and and uh, so they they give me this little boy and I'm holding him in my hands and and they walk away and and I'm just holding him and I'm looking at him and tears start coming down my my face and I'm like boy life is precious boy life is so precious and he's going to live for a hundred years and and uh the success of his life is going to come down to actually taking control of his life and making it what he what he wants of it and and controlling his daily mindset. And, you know, I, I share that story because really the lesson is that life is precious. And if your life isn't what you want it to be, you got to step up and change what you're doing, you know, you, you, because you can't keep on doing the same thing because you're going to keep on getting the same results. And, and what I discovered is this is a whole new way of playing the game of life, way different than the way everybody else is doing it. You know, I think if you feel that scarcity of time, especially 
um, you know, just you got to make life what you want it because it is so precious. I love that, John. And, and, and I think anybody who is listening is interested. We love to connect with and communicate with our tribe, so to speak. And so feel free to reach out if you've got questions if you know, you're interested in any of the resources that we have, feel free to reach out to John or I directly. John's email address is john at thinkitbeit.com. And mine is kelly at thinkitbeit.com. And we would be happy and thrilled to connect with you, um, learn more about you and, and share anything that you'd be interested in knowing more about us. But until next time, we'll see you in the next episode. Take care and live the extraordinary life. Thanks for listening today. If you've had your own aha moment from today's episode, send me or John an email. We'd love to share your epiphany with our audience. So email us at kelly at thinkitbeit.com or john at thinkitbeit.com. In the meantime, live the exceptional life.